the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Cornerstone Radio with Pastor John, Pastor Ed, and Blaine Nurse, where they encourage you to think big and act bigger. Along with your help, Cornerstone Transitional Housing is here to break the cycle of homelessness in the greater San Diego area, restore hope, and help men and women regain control of their lives. As long as poverty, injustice, and inequality persist, none of us can truly rest. Now, here are your hosts of Cornerstone Radio, Pastor John, Pastor Ed, and Blaine Nurse on K-Praise. Well, hello, family. Hello, audience. Uh, This is Blaine Nurse. Tonight, we are uh, without John, Pastor John Simon. So it's uh, it's Pastor Ed over here and I, and we get to uh, go over what's been going on in our ministry. Yep. And just to let you know, uh, welcome to Cornerstone Radio. We are a ministry that seeks that which is lost. God has called us to a ministry to those who have, they live on the streets, they're homeless. But you know what, folks? We are out there sharing the truth, the Word of God. We're loving them like, we, like Jesus would love them and helping to provide. And we, Pastor Ed, we really have seen many folks gain control of their lives. Oh, yeah. And we have seen some lives change. So praise God. Praise God. And um, it's definitely, uh, it's always interesting being out there. You know, um, Pastor Ed, I, I didn't make it this past week, so I'm dying to hear what was going on. Um, any, anything going on special? Yeah, you, d- you didn't miss too much because they shut down, um, excuse me just a second, I just, uh, they, they, uh, they shut down Wills Park. Okay. And uh, they had a dump day, trash day. But what, oh. what was interesting is uh, nobody knew it until we got there. And uh, as I drove by, uh, I looked out, and of course, like I say, you could only get in if you're going to dump trash. So I pulled down to the end of the uh, street there at the park and stopped and started calling John and started calling everybody to make sure uh, everybody knew that we couldn't get in there. We were going to go over to the other park. Mm-hmm. But while I'm sta- uh, sitting there, uh, we had some people come out of the park, some of our homeless people, and they came over. So they got fed. Anyway, all right. Uh, I didn't have the clothes in my car, but they did get they did get the food, and they were were happy to get that and some water and uh, and uh, on their way. But mm-hmm. <clears throat> so we didn't get a chance to pray for anybody there. Okay. And when we went over to the other park, it was um, there. There wasn't a lot of people out there that day. Okay. So. Well, it sounds like uh, with me uh, being out of town, I I didn't miss a lot. Um, but even when it's just like you said, Pastor Ed, even a few people showing up, you know, they're counting on us. It seems like uh, Cornerstone's been there when it's raining. Um, you know, they, when when things kind of look like there's a little bit of diversity, we uh, we still get to be there. And even acknowledging the folks and spending a little bit of time with them, I'm sure bless their day. Yeah. I'd like to say this. We've been out there for seven years and about... <clears throat> Two weeks ago was the first time it's ever rained on us. Yeah. We can stand out there and look up. It'd be clear over the park, and you'd see clouds all around us. Normally, yes. So, But uh, a couple of weeks ago, it, it did actually rain on us. 
Yeah, it's been a very blessed ministry. And, you know, I opened the show up a little bit different um, than Pastor John. But you know what? We we have been called to seek that which is lost. And, uh, you know, Pastor Ed, you've been in ministry for a very long time. And, you know, the, the folks that we run into, whether they're family members, whether they're folks that live on top of a mountain or if they're homeless, everybody needs to hear the gospel. Everybody yeah. needs to hear about Jesus and then we get to create and make, by God's Holy Spirit, um, disciples. Amen. So tonight's show, uh, folks, when we do get into this Bible study, the title of this show is Discipleship. And it is something that is very valued, um, not only in God's Word, but in each and every one of our um, lives and in our Christian walk. Um, you know what? You ready to get started? I'm ready. Okay. Okay. We're going to miss Pastor John. And uh, please always pray for him. Um, and all your, all of our pastors, guys, you know, they're always under it. And uh, he is with us as much greater than he who is amongst us. But you know what? We were called to prayer, so we'll, we'll keep praying for one another. We appreciate that. Um, again, uh, the title of the show tonight, Discipleship. I'm going to start with one scripture, and uh, I'm going to start in the book of Matthew, chapter 5. I'm going to read a little bit here, which is uh, not normal for me. <laughs> I'm normally doing one scripture at a time, but um, I'll be in chapter 5, verse 13, and I'm going to read all the way through 16. It says, believers are salt and light. And verse 13 says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is the good. It is good. Then it is good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled under um, underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Verse 15. Nor do they do they light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house verse 16 let your light shine therefore before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven so you know what as as we look at who we are called to be we we know we're called to be salt seasoned, um, preserving that around us Um, there's many many things for salt and what it does do um, but also is the light. You know, I, I've been ta- I get to talk to a lot of folks and, um, in a lot of different areas. And, you know, as believers, as people that say, hey, you know, I'm a Christian, a lot of folks out there feel that Christians are very judgmental. Um, but, you know, as you and I have a conversation, Pastor Ed, and as we have conversations with people around us, you know, people are judging Christians, mm-hmm. you know, so, so we are called to be a light. I mean, we are failures. We are failures. We're sinners saved by grace. Um, we will make those mistakes, but you know what? God can give us the power to get through these things. And as he does, um, you know, we're trying, you yeah. know, we're, we're trying to be a light. Yeah. I, I always tell people, if you want to know what you're supposed to be doing as a Christian, ask a non-Christian. <laughs> <laughs> They can tell you faster than a Christian can. Oh, that's good. I yeah, that's very good. Yeah, and and, and the thing about it is, is and and God does change us. I mean, I didn't know Ooh. you fifty years, forty years ago, and you didn't know me. But um, you know, God does change us, and it is a lifetime of change. But um, a lot of times, when we do make a mistake, it's like, wow, I thought you. They call themselves a Christian, mm-hmm. you know, and so. That's a bummer. That that hurts when we make that when we make that mistake in, in our own flesh. Um, but we're called to be a light, and um, people are watching. People are really, really watching, and so we just got to be careful. But um, 
one of the things Jesus says, I'll go ahead and read um, out of Matthew sixteen twenty four and 20 through 26. It said, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me, for my sake, will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? You know, there was a time, um, Pastor Ed, and and this is a good scripture. Mm -hmm. I I remember being at the park, and man, we were able to get a family in, and and in the the Holy Spirit just said, "Blaine, you got to go pray for him. You know, you got to go pray for him." And and I gave him that scripture. You know, praise God. They they had a home, they had a place that they were going to have a roof over their head. And I said, you know, I just asked them if they knew Jesus. And, and I shared that what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but to lose their soul? And it's shocking to you and I. I mean, really it is. No matter who we run into to share the gospel, a lot of people haven't heard the gospel. Right. And when you give them the gospel that we're all sinners and fall short of the glory of God, and that even while we were, we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And we share how to confess Jesus as Lord and believe in our hearts God raised him for the grave. It's And even the simple scripture of John 3.16, we all seem to memorize that one. It's God's word. It's his promises. It's his his truth. When people hear the truth, it's pretty amazing where they'll say, yes, that that Mm -hmm. sounds really good. Really? Did Jesus really die on the cross for me? So um, I just wanted to share that one one verse um, where it says, whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. You know, we could take that. We're not going to do a deep Bible study on this. But what I have found is when we get outside of our busy schedules, which we all know I have a very busy schedule, and we just say, Lord, I'm here I am. Mm-hmm. And whether it be on a Saturday when we're ministering to folks on the street or whether it's to someone who's in a hospital, we used to be able to go down in the jail down at the um, at, at, in El Cajon. Um, but um, no matter what it is, it's really denying ourselves and saying, you know what, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna choose to serve God. Absolutely, and 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 and, and taking up your cross because it's denying yourself, you know, it can be in a lot of things. But when you put it together with taking up your cross, then it kind of puts the whole picture together of what God expects us to do. Amen. Um, oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, perfect. You are correct there. Yeah. Um, were you passing it over to me? Or? Yeah, I'll pass over the baton. We'll send it your way. Blaine and I were talking earlier about uh, how words have changed. Uh, they don't mean today what they meant uh, back in Jesus' day. One of the words uh, is discipleship. Discipleship is a New Testament word, and it relates to Jesus. So it's very specific. Well, the, the calling, I mean, the uh, the word itself had very specific things that were attached to it and to become a disciple uh, there was there was things you had to do today we and a lot of people believe that if you believe in christ you're a disciple Mm. and that may not be too far off but it's it's not like it was the beginning i want to get be into mark chapter one and i want to show you the what the, the three things that jesus did to call a disciple. Now, the calling as a disciple is different than the calling of a uh, of your salvation. Uh, for instance, uh, Judas was called to be a disciple. Mm-hmm. 
he was also called for salvation, but he rejected the salvation part, and we know that from his death. Yeah. So that's two different callings, but Jesus did make a call. And in verse, starting at verse 16 there in chapter 1, it says, One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. And uh, verse 17 says, Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. Mm. So there's a calling associated with discipleship. Uh, the Holy Spirit's going to encourage you to, to seek out somebody to be involved in a discipleship with. But there is a calling. <clears throat> I know the church a few years ago used to have a lot of discipleship classes. Don't see those around anymore. Um, And I don't really know what they've replaced them with because discipleship was very specific about what you were taught, what you were expected to do. Uh, But but I don't see churches having discipleship classes anymore, and it's really kind of a shame. Uh, because here's what happens when you get the calling. Verse 18, and they left their nets at once and followed him. Just got up and walked away wow. from everything they had. So this little farther up the shore, Jesus saw Zebedee's sons, James and John, in a boat repairing their nets. He called them at once, and they also followed him, leaving his father Zebedee in the boat with hired men. So this calling is something you respond to very quickly. Yeah. It's uh, when when uh, you're filled with the Spirit and you get called to do discipling or to go out and disciple others, um, it, it seems to be kind of a quick response to that. Yeah. So, so the first part of being a, in, in Jesus' day, the first part of being a disciple was you had to be called. Mm-hmm. And we know that those were all called. The second was... Um, he had you had to be uh, willing to be taught. This was a, a teaching ministry, this discipleship. And uh, we look at verse uh, twenty-one. It says Jesus and his companions went down to the town of Capernaum. When the Sabbath day came, he went into the synagogue and began to teach. Now, it says Jesus and his and his companions. These were the ones that he just had called. Mm. Now they're following him, and he begins to teach, and they begin to learn what they need to do. Um, and then the third thing was, um, so the third thing was he demonstrated what he taught. Okay. In uh, on ver- in verse twenty six, he says, uh, "Okay, let me back up here a little bit." Uh, twenty four, uh, actually twenty three. Suddenly a man in the synagogue was possessed by an evil spirit and called out, Why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus reprimanded him, Be quiet and come out of him, he ordered. At that the evil spirit screamed, threw the men into convulsions, and then came out of him. So now Jesus is demonstrating what he's going to expect his disciples to do. And we know later on he sent them out. And, uh, and they were to cast out demons, yeah. heal the sick, uh, give sight to the blind, all of these things that he had demonstrated. So in those days, to be a disciple, you had to, number one, be called. Number two, 
you had to be willing to be taught, and number three, you had to uh, imitate or or do the the same things that the master had had shown you. Yeah. And that's why I, when I look at discipleship today, that's the classes used to do a lot of that. They would uh, they would call people into the class, they would be taught, and then you would go with them to do things, whether it was uh, street evangelism, whether it was whatever it was to to get them active in ministry. Yeah. And we don't have that anymore. And uh, and like I say, then you then you water down the definition to mean just anybody that believes in Christ, and you kind of lose the whole idea of what discipleship is. Yeah. And we all know Matthew 28, uh, verses 29 and 30, mm-hmm. that that's the calling. That's what we're called to. I mean, it, it, right there it says that we are called to do this. Yeah. And uh, so you always have to ask, how many are answering that call? Yeah, you know, and that's, uh, you don't see my notes. You don't even see the page of it. But, of course, that's where I'm going next. So. <laughs> okay. Sure. Good. Awesome. Good. That's why I didn't read it. <laughs> no, man. Um, you know, because this is our calling. And, um, you know, to go with what you've just been um, talking about, of being a disciple, we're called. Um, we need to be available to to be taught um he said to follow him and then jesus demonstrated and and i was mentioning to you earlier that um in my life i get to spend a lot of time a lot of time with those that are going through rehabilitation um addictions and um i get to be a little bit of an example for those uh, around me but i need that that discipleship i need that i need you you know i need the elders in my life to um, either uh, correct me when I need to be corrected or to lovingly correct or to really pour their lives out into me. And so a couple of years ago, I, I said, you know, I have been pouring out and pouring out. We need to be poured into also. Amen. Amen. No matter where we are in our pastors need to be poured in. You know, they, they need those around them that they can fellow pastors. Yeah, and it's hard for a pastor to make that kind of relationship with somebody. Yeah. Um, couple of there's a lot of different reasons but it's it's really hard for them to get to a point where somebody can uh, I, I want to say correct but I don't necessarily mean correct but can minister minister, minister them. to them that's a good yeah. way of putting it put yeah. minister to them um, because that's what they're called to do is to be a minister and it's, <laughs> it's <laughs> who, if, if you're the minister who do you call on to minister to you Amen. That's true. And, you know, you and John have a great relationship, and uh, you guys get to, and with me being with you guys also, we do get to sharpen each other, and I'm around uh, some elders uh, close to me, and and they really, really do share in our lives, and um, they demonstrate. You know, Jesus demonstrated. Mm -hmm. You know, Paul the Apostle demonstrated. He said, do these things. You know, they show there's many things. I mean, if we don't have if we don't have someone discipling us, well, then let's turn to the Bible because Jesus right here with what I'm about to read, um, he demonstrates what we are called to do. We have the Bible. We have we do have the just all the characters of this Bible and all the different studies and all the different simple people, huh, Pastor Ed? I mean, yeah, simple men and women. Um, that were used by God, and um, it's very humbling. But um, but this is what Jesus had to say about all this, and I'm going to take you guys to um, Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20, and we've got words written in red. It says, Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, 
and that's awesome, isn't it, Pastor Ed? But listen to this. Listen to number 20. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Amen. You know, I think we could put this is a refrigerator uh, scripture here, Pastor. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, he calls us to go. I mean, and that's beautiful. And I've seen a lot of people go and follow and get baptized. And uh, you and I have been involved with a lot of teaching and observing all things. Um, but then it says that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I think what we need to know, folks, what we need to know, and, I, you know, I'm going to encourage our audience, please, Go to this scripture, read it again and again and again, and what you will see in this simple little scripture is you are not alone. He says, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So, you know, when we've got God left us his Holy Spirit, we've got the Spirit of God. We have the Holy Spirit that hovered over the the waters during creation, the Spirit of the living God. And we've got Jesus' word. we got the power of the Father from heaven. And we they are with us. Mm-hmm. And so when we have doubts and fears, what you and I need to do, and praise God, we've seen God work and do miracles when we learn to get outside of ourselves and say, you know what, this is yours, Lord. You know, give me the words. And um, and he, he does the work. He does. He does. He's, he's awesome. He does. And I, I'd like to say, anybody listening out there, um, if, if you don't have a church, find a good church and get involved in ministry. I mean, you're, you're calling. If you've received Jesus, you're ne- your next calling is to, is to be discipled. Mm-hmm. And uh, get into a church. Find somebody that will disciple you. You know, the, one of the things you're going to find out is is the, the fun of being discipled. And I say that because, you know, the greatest joy that I have is, is when I get a chance to pray for somebody or to counsel somebody and help them get on the right track. Yeah. Uh, and, and, I, and I kind of mourn over people. We talked last week or a couple of weeks ago about mourning, but uh, I kind of mourn over those that, that don't stay. We had a, had a man that... Uh, he he his only understanding of scripture is what he got online. Oh. And a couple of things that that bothered me was number one, he, his language was pretty bad. Yeah. And uh when I talked to him about it, he said, "Well, that's me." Hmm. I said, "Well, God doesn't want you to be you. God <laughs> wants you to be who he wants you to be." Yeah. And uh, so I had, I had gone in, I picked up I I got all the scriptures I could about how, how we were to change. Uh, uh, the one we're all familiar with is Romans twelve one and two, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and and those kind of scriptures about how He wants your life to change, and I also got all of the scriptures that had to do with foul language, foul talk, bad jokes, uh, all of those kinds of things that we're not to be not to participate in that kind of thing. Unfortunately, he didn't come back. Oh, right. So. He he's missed out on really understanding what Scripture says, yeah. and uh, and uh, but as a as a disciple, you know that's where we're at. Is we're telling them what they need to what they need to do to to re- uh, improve their relationship with Christ. Amen. That is one hundred percent true. Is uh, teach the things that we've been taught and uh, let them go and teach others. Yep. We'll just disciple them. I've got one more Scripture coming out of the Book of Acts, which. 
Boy, were they sent out, folks. Um, I'm going to read to you verse uh, chapter 14, verse 21 and 22, and it says, And when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, and saying, We must through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. You know, again, you weren't sure where I was going to go with the scripture, but you just nailed it. I mean, really, praise God. We're just, we're, we're kind of just encircled here, but we are to encourage, we are to exhort, we are to, as you just encouraged our audience to get involved in a church, get involved in the word, and, and, and watch their faith increase. So um, that's what that's what we're called to do, folks. It's not too, it's not too difficult. <laughs> no, not difficult at all. Not difficult at all. Well, I know where our time is running short there, Pastor Ed. Is there anything you want to uh, end or conclude? Any anything on your heart? Uh, no, I just I just wish people would take this to heart. You know, we do have so many people that sit in the church, and that's what they are—church sitters. That's that's your first calling. That's called salvation. But the second mm-hmm. calling is in uh, be involved in ministry. Yeah. So get up out of the pew and volunteer and get involved in ministry let's make some disciples uh, and you know uh, as the the bible tells us in john that in and of ourselves we can accomplish nothing mm-hmm. but because he goes with us and he produces the fruit yeah i want to encourage our group start praying i mean start praying that god will produce fruit in your life because we can't yeah. do it you and i have tried i've yeah. kicked down doors before and it didn't work <laughs> no. but when we seek god our father and uh, we pray for the souls of our family around us he's working he's moving he's hearing our words He's not just sitting idle. He's doing things, and um, he's going to start softening hearts to prepare them for the the truth of the word and the love Amen. of Jesus Christ. Well, you know, folks, I know that uh, looks like our time is up for tonight. We thank you for being out there. We really do. And, again, keep, keep John in your prayers. As always, you know, this ministry... We are very thankful for the support that we get from El Cajon Wesleyan. You know, those folks, lots of the men and women are always helping, uh, whether with food or just their time. So we thank you over there, uh, Pastor Steve, and also Pastor Jeremiah over at Skyline. Thank you, God, for, your, for guys, for your support. Sombreros, thank you, Javier, and your family, as they, they provide burritos every week, week after week. And the ladies over at Goodwill, these folks are really appreciating the coats and the jackets and the blankets. They really need it during this long winter that we're having. So thank you for joining us. Uh, Have a great night, and hopefully we'll uh, talk with you next weekend. Thanks. Thank you for joining us on Cornerstone Radio with Pastor John, Pastor Ed, and Blaine Nurse, where they encourage you to think big and act bigger. Join us again next week at this same time as we work together to break the cycle of homelessness, restore hope, and help men and women regain control of their lives. Your generosity, philanthropy, and charitable contributions are always welcome and remarkably make a positive impact on the lives of those in need every day. Take part in making a difference by visiting cornerstonetransitionalhousing.org. That's cornerstonetransitionalhousing.org. This has been Cornerstone Radio with Pastor John, Pastor Ed, and Blaine Nurse on KPraise. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.